what we do here is go back, 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 back. Welcome, welcome to the Hustle Sold Separately. We are a weekly podcast dedicated to all of you guys out there, the doers, creators, entrepreneurs, hustlers, out of the box thinkers. Uh, basically do things completely different than the way you've been taught, than the way society teaches you. We're very anti-status quo here, uh, as you guys know, who've been listening to the show for a very long time. And I appreciate each and every one of you guys and uh, for uh, many of our new listeners, because our show is uh, skyrocketing, I'm very grateful. I'm very appreciative. Um, the consistency does pay off. So if any of you guys are listening out there, uh, you know, it's it's a very big deal um, to our new listeners. Thank you, guys. Um, I'm going to give you kind of a little bit of rundown of the show, but uh, we just reached about 4.6, 4.7 million downloads. I'm very, very appreciative to all of you guys, to all the people who've been down with us since day one. Um, I appreciate you guys. The ratings, reviews, everything have been really, really awesome. And, um, you know, here we do not glamorize or glorify in success, as many of the listeners who've been here for a long time know this. The journey is very different for every single person. What success looks like to one person is not the same to others. Media does glorify it. And I've said this starting seven, eight years ago that, uh, you know, we got to shift that perspective. We got to shift that that talk, right? Because it's arbitrary. Numbers are arbitrary. It's about you pursuing whatever it is that your truth is. And on the show, we bring on guests every week. And they have ranged from Grammy and Oscar winners to tech CEOs to VCs to fashion designers, musicians, you name it, talking about what they're experiencing in, in real time, you know, on their journey, whether it's their first venture, their 50th venture, whatever it might be. And uh, we get real. We get very raw about all these things. And again, like I appreciate each and every one of you guys. Um, if you want to connect with me at Matt Gottesman on Instagram, uh, at HDF Magazine on Instagram, if you want to get in the conversation at the intersection of culture, creativity, and entrepreneurship, and at Hustle Sold Separately on Instagram as well too. You guys know I answer each and every single DM, text, reply, response on the wall on all social for the last eight years straight. I don't plan on stopping. I don't think I will ever stop no matter how big it gets and you can put me to the test. I appreciate you guys and uh, yeah, let's get into it. We have another really great show today with a really great topic. We're gonna be talking to Dexton De uh, Debris. He's the founder and creative chief officer uh, of creative agency called Falcon. And we're gonna be talking about defining cultural movements through storytelling. You guys already know how I feel about this because that's exactly why we're here in the first place. Um, it started for me eight years ago, recognizing that there were conversations that weren't happening. And the movement was very simple. You know, how do we take on more of an anti-status quo kind of a combination and say, look, like what was told to you one way is not how you have to do anything. How you have to do everything comes from your soul. It comes from your own intuition of what you want to do. And that is a process. And by that process, I turned it into a community where we could all talk about this globally. And now we are amongst hundreds of thousands of people doing that. That's one of many type of movements that can happen, but they also happen on critical mass scale. And we're living through a very interesting time where <laughs> they're definitely happening now more in the billions of people. Uh, and so we're going to be really talking about, you know, cultural movements and, and we're going to talk about various industries, whether, you know, it's uh, in entertainment and, and athletes to, you know, other areas as well, too. And how the storytelling is also moving people in, in, in a very, um, you know, uh, inclusive manner, if you will. And at least that's the goal. And so a little bit about Dexton, uh, or Dex, as uh, some of his friends call him, and I'm going to probably call him now throughout the, this, uh, this piece here, is, uh, he's a content pioneer, creative visionary. Uh, he fuses his strong pulse on culture and sports with timely events and happenings to tell inspiring brand stories that resonate with consumers. Uh, and now more than ever would be a perfect time for this. Uh, he's worked on such multifaceted projects as Grammy nominated James Bond's Quantum of Solace. I was actually just watching that again the other night on Netflix. Uh, Emmy uh, winning branded content special, Yes, Virginia, and award winning brand campaigns for Jordan Brand, Nike, Major League Baseball, Wilson, and Major League Soccer, among others. 
And uh, most notably, he wrote, directed, and produced the award-winning feature film Unbanned, The Legend of AJ1, which tells the story of how the iconic Jordan shoe sparked a social and cultural revolution. Uh, and the film premiered at Tribeca and now streams on Tidal, on Hulu, and most digital platforms around the world. You guys definitely got to go check that out, uh, especially if you're an AJ1 fan. Uh, and at Falcon, Dex and his team engage purpose-driven brands to tell powerful stories at the intersection of sports and advertisement. And the creative agency goes beyond traditional creative and advertising roles to identify moments in sports, culture, and history as uh, markers that shape the culture we live in. So, Dex, I hope that intro did you well, man. I'm, I'm so grateful to have you here. Oh, man, I'm grateful to be here. Um, that intro and uh, your show's general intro, I, I very much appreciate it. Oh man, thank you. I, I appreciate it. And your your background, I was drooling when uh when I first uh you know was learning a little bit about what you were doing, uh, and especially with the unbanned, the legend of AJ ones. I, uh, I oof. so we're, we'll get into it. But I I want you know the first question, like I mentioned, is always the same. How do we get here? Because you have this vast background. You're doing some amazing things. You can feel free to go as far back as you want. Um, you know, uh, to the day you were born or the big bang theory as one guest did. <laughs> so it's up to you. Uh, but I would love to give the audience a little bit more about, you know, how, what's been going on that all the way till present. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. So, you know, I think, you know, it really, for me, it started, um, with, a with, with a dream in the middle of the night. I was, uh, I was in college. I was a sophomore in college, um, kind of fucking around and, and, flopping around really trying to figure out what it is that I wanted to do. Um, I, I, you know, I was an athlete. I was, I was maybe even kind of a bit of a meathead. Um, and I had injured myself. So it took me out of the gym and, uh, and really kind of spun, spun kind of my personality and my identity out a little bit. Cause I was, uh, I was always very active and, and, you know, I trained very, very religiously still do now. Um, and that got just interrupted by this shoulder injury that I had. And, uh, so one night I was sleeping in the middle of the night and I, I woke up and, uh, and wrote a poem and then went back to sleep and woke up the next morning and, and, uh, and realized what I had done, went to the closet where this notebook was and, and, and read this poem that I had written and it literally changed my life. I mean, I, you know, I was not the kind of guy that would write a poem. Um, I, I, I didn't really read a lot, you know, and I, you know, it was nothing literary or even really artistic about me. And in that moment, when I read this poem, it just, it, 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 it was like, it was delivered to me. It was, you know, it was a calling. It was something that was much greater than, than, than what I could even understand at the time. And it just, it shifted my whole life direction. I, from that day forward, I wrote every single day. I read everything I could get my hands on. And then at some point I, I, I stumbled on this idea of like, Hey, if I, if I made moving pictures, that would be a way to bring the words to life. Mm. And so I got on this idea of being a director and, uh, and making movies and, and, and making, you know, visual, visual imagery in some way. And that was it. And I, I dedicated my life to, to transferring schools and going to film school and, and, and just figuring it out. And, uh, and so I did. Um, and, and from there, you know, my, I think the biggest, one of the biggest blessings in, in my life and, and looking back at the, the path I've taken is that it's just, it's been this sort of winding, bending series of events and this like really unorthodox path that, I, you know, I never could have mapped. And, you know, most of the time I was really unclear on what was around the bend and what the fuck I was even doing. Um, you know, I, I got out of film school I went to film school and, and, you know, was obsessed with this idea of, of directing. And then while I was there, I fell, really fell in love with writing and, and just was like hell bent on being a screenwriter and, and nothing else. And I got out of school, I got into journalism because it was, a, it was sort of a doorway to, to, to writing and getting paid to write. I did that for a number of years, found myself accidentally in, in a, a post-production house and uh and learning to produce kind of with the notion of you know I, I never wanted to be a writer that just kind of got his ass kicked and didn't really have a voice for himself in the room and so i you know i, I stumbled on this idea of producing as a way to kind of advocate for my for my own writing and uh and and i happened to you know I, for for whatever reason i was really good at producing 
and it just took off. And, and I, I became a producer and then I was an EP and then I started running people's companies. Um, and you know, with no, no plan, like that, that wasn't like, you know, my life goal was to be a screenwriter and everything else was sort of like a day job and a little bit of a distraction, <clears throat> but I happened to be good at it. And, uh, I did that, you know, for a number of years and, and ran companies and, and, um, and just kind of followed that track because it seemed to be what was unfolding. And then one day I got a, a chance to buy a company uh, and, and do it my way. And, uh, and then things really just started coming full circle and I got an opportunity to direct and, and I was, you know, I was writing more and more uh, as, you know, and getting paid to do it as part of my day job. And uh, yeah. And then, and one thing led to another and, and uh, now I have my own company and do everything I've always wanted to do. Mm. And uh come full circle back to the directing and that's it's probably the thing i love the most you know i i love the part where he said you know no plan um it, it, it one thing i wanted to make a distinction though um when you're in your purpose and you're in your talent it's okay not to have a plan and i you know because i know that there's the, you get a lot of other people say you know have a plan and stick to it <laughs> or there's like the expression we make plans and god laughs right <laughs> you know whatever you know the universe and I, and I, I think it's just important be, to make people feel comfortable. Like, listen, you don't always have a plan, but when you're, but you, when you are in your talent or your purpose, like you're moving. And I think you have to be kind of comfortable with uncertainty. You know, do you, you know, you get what I'm saying? Like, do you feel that way? Like, you know, it's sort of like, you didn't always know how things were going to turn out, but you did kind of know how things were going to turn out because you were doing your, what, like what was in your purpose, you know? Yeah. I, I mean, a thousand percent. I agree with that. I think, you know, I think, where some people get tripped up is the distinction between purpose and plan. Mm. I think when you're really, really clear on your purpose, like why, why you're on this planet and what you're really meant to be doing with your life, not what you think you're meant to be doing or what your ideal is, but truly what you are put on this earth to do. When you, when you get clear with that, like the how and the what um, is, is, kind of irrelevant and it ends up working itself out. And I, and I can tell you like firsthand for me, you know, I, I, I was stuck on an ideal for the first 15 years of, of my professional career. I, I was hell bent on, I've got to be a screenwriter, not a writer, not, you know, not a combo, not a hyphen. It was like, I have to be a working screenwriter writing movies and TV shows that's what that's what my life is about and i pushed on that track for so long and failed and failed and failed and bang kept banging into walls and kept banging into walls didn't understand because all i did was write all day long i thought i was pretty talented but it just was not happening and then literally one day i like i i looked back and was like fuck now not only am i a screenwriter and do i write for a living but i'm also now a director and do all these things that i really wanted to do and it was like it was like an inch away from where my my eyeline was like i was so fixed on this one particular point and and wasn't flexible and wasn't off it and and was confused with plan over purpose or ideal over purpose and then one day like i just looked back and realized like something something shifted and I, I moved just a, you know, a hair to the left and suddenly I ran all the way through the door. Funny how things just start coming in when we move out of our way like that. Mm -hmm. <laughs> you know? yeah. We, uh, yeah, I mean, we, a lot of times we don't realize we're our own resistance or we create the resistance around us when it's like, no, you, you, you're, you're in part of the bigger picture, but the bigger picture is trying to happen for us. And we, you know, we're, we get so like you're, to your point, we get so fixated on a plan, but like, Maybe there's something bigger going on if we can just allow to like play with the, you know, with the vision instead of um, force it in just one direction, you know? Big time. You know, so, and then um, tell me, tell us a little bit more about like Falcon and, and that creation and, uh, and direction. And, and then we're going to, we're going to even expand from there. Yeah, totally. So, you know, I, I had another, I had another company. I, I started a company or bought a company, an existing company and kind of, um, you know, reshaped it and, and, and uh, transformed it into something else. I did that with a partner um, back in 2012. Uh, and, you know, very much a happy accident. I, you know, I was working for um, someone else that owned the company. 
uh, and he came to me on a Friday night and was like, Hey, I'm going to, I, you know, this isn't working. Like I'm, I'm the problem. Uh, you seem to get it and I seem to be in the way. So I'm going to either shut the company down or I think you should buy it from me, but you, you got to do it come Monday morning. Cause I don't ever want to like come back into work on working hours. And so, mm. I, I, yeah, I mean, it was like five o'clock on a Friday night. I, I, I got my car and drove home and called someone that I didn't really know that well, but I knew had been interested in the business and was like, Hey man, this is fucking crazy. And I don't even know if I want to do it, but we got this opportunity to you know, basically buy this company um, for very little money, but a whole lot of debt that would come with it. And, you know, it, it would be a whole, whole bunch on our shoulders, but it's a, you know, it's an opportunity to, what do you think? And I don't even know what I think. And long story short, we, we ended up doing it. And then come Monday morning, we own the company and, you know, going back to no plan, like it's zero plan at all. And we just, we just trusted our instincts and put it, put one foot in front of the other and, and, and sort of figured it out, you know, over the, over the course of some months and, and then, and then years. But so I did that for about seven years and, during the course of that time, you know, when I started, I, I was sort of like the EP or the managing director, then the sort of business and producing guy. I wasn't the creative. Um, my partner was, was the creative. And during the course of that time, um, you know, I was focused on, I was running the business. We were doing really well. And then, uh, I, you know, I, I got asked, you know, actually by the Jordan brand, um, I, you know, I was kind of running the account, you know, and, and dealing with more strategy and relationship management and stuff. And uh, they they asked me one day to write something, and so I wrote it. And then they asked me to direct it, so I directed it. Um, you know, which is which is crazy thinking about a brand like Jordan coming to you and asking you <laughs> to direct. I mean, people like kill themselves for years directing spec pieces and begging people to give them an opportunity, and and this you know sort of fell in my lap. I mean, it had a lot to do with you know my relationship and the way that I thought and what you know and how they trusted me, but. You know, they, they, they put it on me and so I did it and it worked out really well and it just started this pattern of me writing and directing more and more things with them uh, and it just then it just took off from there and so like during the course of that you know I became I became who I am right now um, and and while I while, you know during that journey and figuring that out and really coming into my own it became more and more clear that you know my purpose was, very specific. I'm, you know, I'm, I'm obsessed and sort of live and die by the sort of athletes creed, um, for kind of maybe lack of a better term. Um, so sports are something that, you know, for me, it's a metaphor for life, but it's something that I, that I, that I truly live my life by like every aspect of my life. I, I, I train like an Olympic athlete. I eat like an Olympic athlete and, uh, I, I don't bend from it at all ever. And it is the thing that I think is part of my secret sauce in terms of how I create what I create has everything to do with, with my lifestyle and my, my mentality. Um, and so when that, all that came into to crystallization for me, I realized that like, I only wanted to do a certain type of work. I only wanted to work with people that were really aligned with you know, my point of view on the world and the things that mattered to me mm. and a level of integrity and purpose and, you know, and, and inclusivity and, and fighting for the right things. And when that became really clear to me, I realized that I needed to do that on my own because, I, you know, I, everyone around me didn't necessarily agree with that at the time. And I knew for me, like, it was the only way I could live my life. And, and I, I wanted my my, my professional um, environment to reflect my personal environment. And so I, I started Falcon to, to not only do that focus on sports and culture very, very specifically, um, but also like blur the lines between advertising and entertainment. Cause for me, it's, you know, it's all storytelling and, and content is sort of one vast ocean of uh, very, a lot of the same ingredients. And so I, I didn't imagine a world where I, I couldn't play in both arenas very seamlessly. And so I started Falcon to do just that. That's awesome. Man. Hey, you know, there's so many things that you said in there. Um, uh, first of all, I get you train like an athlete, eat like an athlete, work like one. Um, 
I hadn't been an athlete since high school. That's how long it's been. In the last two years, as I, well, four if you count nutrition, but in the last two years, really taking that time to dedicate to the science of the body and the health and the brain activity and what happens when basically a lot of biohacking. Um, it, it is a true discipline and a work ethic. And I, cause, and I thought of how do I have this work ethic and integrity in all these other areas, but I wasn't necessarily honoring my body the same way. And so, but I, the irony is the body should probably come first. Our health should come first. And, yeah, yeah. You, you know, and, and it was, it was very interesting for me to, to see that and how it actually shapes the way we approach our creativity, the way we approach our business, the way we approach our projects and our ventures and our relationships with others, you know? Um, so I think that's great that you, you mentioned that. And then I want to give you a lot of props. You said uh, with very, you know, the company was making, or you were able to purchase the company for very little money, but it had a lot of debt, um, you know, before Falcon, uh, going back to 2012. I like when you, you brought that up. Um, that would scare a lot of people. But I have a feeling if I was listening to you correctly, that it wasn't just that opportunity was there. Um, you you knew exactly what you could do with it to be able like it, it still had a, a fairly calculated feel to it intuitively, I would think. Right. Because you kind of probably knew, like, I know what I can do with this thing. Yeah, it comes with debt, but like I already know how I can probably get rid of it. Was that like what was kind of going on? Like when you were you know able to kind of look at a situation? Because I mean, I think the ability to get out of fear and into movement and seeing something not for what it is, but what it can become, I think is a very, very important part of the, the puzzle, the journey. And a lot of people sometimes struggle with that because fear kicks in and it's like, fear is not real, <laughs> you know, like get into your vision, you know, was it, did you just have an intuitive feel that you knew what you could do with it? Yeah, very much so. You know, it, it was, it was, there was, there was this thing of like, you know, I went home that night and I, you know, I got to give a lot of props to my wife because I went home that night. I, I had a one-year-old son. So I had a brand new baby. Um, I had a little bit of money in the bank, you know, from, from working and, and doing well for a while. Um, no, no debt myself. So I was in a good position and, you know, I'm looking at this thing going, you know, fuck, it's, it's a million dollars worth of debt, a little over a million bucks. And, uh, you know, like, and it, the runway on it was super short. So it's like, if, if the thing didn't work and we didn't turn it around in like a month or so, like it, it was all going to come crumbling down. And then as soon as I signed that piece of paper, that debt was on, on my books. So it was a lot, you know, it was a lot to think about. It was like, I'm, I'm doing okay. I could go, you know, I could go get another job, let the guy close the company, you know, I could keep doing okay, make it, make a lateral move. And, and, you know, I had, people that had reached out to me and, you know, job offers and things like that. So the logical thing would have, would have been super easy and I could have just, you know, slipped on, but, you know, I went home and, and talked to my wife and was like, Hey, not, I mean, she's going to, I thought she was going to be freaked out. Cause we had, again, we had a one year old and, you know, like the, you know, there's, there's a lot of pressure and, you know, when you have a new child, your, your, your world perspective changes and your response, you know, suddenly you're very responsible for, for everything. Um, and, you know, and I, I was talking to her about it and going, ah, you know, I don't know, like, what should I do? And she's like, what, what, why are you even asking that question? Like, what are you talking about? Like the only, like all you've ever wanted to do was be your own boss and do your own thing. And everyone that you've ever worked for has really only ever been in the way. So like, this is not even a fucking question. Like, and don't worry about me. Like, let's take the risk and look, if we end up broke and in debt, then like, you'll figure it out. Like you always do. So, you know, and then I was like, yeah, you're right. Like, what am I talking about? And then boom, like woke up the next day and just said, yeah, let's go for it. And then, you know, the rest of it was, you know, I, I, yeah. I mean, like at the end of the day, like agreeing to do it or deciding to do it, like she gave me that prompt. And then I had to go like, can I pull this off? And I was like, yeah, I got it. I can totally pull it off. And, and I had no idea how, you know, like there was no time for me to figure out how, you know, we, we had like spent the weekend drawing a contract up and then come Monday morning, you know, let the whole team know, Hey guys, like we're, we're now the owners of the company and we're going to get, get, get you guys paid and we're going to turn things around and we're going to do this and this. And people are like, great. How are we going to do that? And we're like, we have no fucking idea. I don't know, <laughs> but like, I know we can do it and that's going to have to be good enough. And, uh, 
you know, the, the thing that I learned over you know the months that followed was like all the times that I had thought this person knows more than I do because they own their own business or they're in a higher position than me, or they've already mm-hmm. achieved the things that I want to achieve. I was always like, Oh, you know, that's because they're smarter than I am. They're more talented than I am. They're more experienced than I am. Like there's, I've filled in all these like false narratives around what, what value other people had that must've been so much more than me. And that experience of like jumping off the, the, the cliff and, and then just getting in the ocean and swimming because I believe that I could is all I really ever needed because on the other side of actually doing it, like I realized that people actually didn't know more than I did and they weren't that much yep. smarter than I was and they weren't <laughs> that much more talented. Like yep. they just, they just thought they could do it. So they fucking did it. Yeah. It's, it, it's, it's so true. We, we, everybody's a human being at the end of the day. And, uh, you know, we, we sometimes we put people on pedestals, but you just said it. Uh, it's, it, I agree with you. It's like, no, they just believe that they could do it. So they did it. And that was just all the difference. And, you know, by the way, also, I think that the team probably really appreciated your transparency. We crave for authenticity and realness and transparency. Like, hey, I have no fucking clue how we're going to do this. But I know this is the team to do it. And I know we're going to figure it out. And if you're with me, cool. You know, and I think that people appreciate that. I know people appreciate that and, and respect that you did that, you know, and then, um, and the other thing, by the way, I wanted to tell you too, is when you were talking about uh, when the Jordan opportunity came um, and, you know, how big and massive that was and entrusting you. And, but I was thinking to myself, but it was a perfect example of the, the quote, you know, when preparation meets opportunity, because you were more than ready internally and skillfully. It's just that it was the next level of, of um, I mean, it's Jordan. <laughs> you know? So, uh, but I just, I thought it was cool because it made sense that that would come your way. It made sense. I, I just felt like, well, preparation met opportunity and that's exactly why that, you know, happened. And then the other thing I also liked was when you're talking about boundaries and integrity and purpose um, and in the way you shape Falcon. And um, I think that, um, well, first, you know, when you were saying that, um, in making your own thing, if, if people aren't necessarily aligned with the way you're doing something, um, that you knew you had to kind of do it a different way, your own way, then, and you'll go create it, uh, which is cool versus trying to force enforce it onto force and enforce it on others, right? And um, and then creating something from from scratch in a very holistic way that you feel is most aligned to the way you want to work. Well, of course, it's exactly what you're going to attract as well, too, and you, and you clearly have and. Um, and I also think it makes for a lot more peace <laughs> in your life, you know. Uh, what, what's been with, when it comes to Falcon, like, what's been it, the primary focuses of the company? And, um, and then, you know, we can start diving a little bit into, you know, this, the, these ideas of storytelling and marketing as well, too. Because, you know, I'm, I'm a firm believer in all of this. Um, and storytelling is marketing, especially when you're in your most authentic self. And you remove the masks and you completely have a very real conversation with the world that is craving for it yeah you know the the benefits are going to only only expand the initiative right so i'd love to you kind of also dive into the those uh facets as well too with falcon and you yeah so you know i i think that what again like kind of like the idea of sort of instinct you know my instinct to to really know like i you know like my previous company, you know, we were, we were doing great and we had a lot of success. So in a lot of ways, I kind of blew that up um, and took a, took a chance to sort of start over. And, you know, and a lot of people were like, what, like, why, why the fuck would you do that? You just built this brand and blah, 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 blah. And, it, you know, like what was hard to explain was just like, yeah, but there's just the, the alignment's just not there, you know? And, and if, if that's not there, then nothing else matters. It doesn't, doesn't matter, you know, success and money and, you know, the, the, all the things on paper that, you know, are supposed to make you happy. Um, it's like, it's irrelevant, you know, if it's really not fulfilling and it's really not aligned with what your real purpose is, then it's never going to do it at the end of the day. It doesn't matter how much money it is. It doesn't matter how much, you know, awards you get or articles are written on you or accolades you get. Like if it's really not truly fulfilling your purpose, it's just not going to matter. And so like, you know, when, when I, when I launched Falcon, I was, I, I was driven by that. I knew it. And then I launched Falcon and 
really just immediately like things like clicked more than they ever had. Like we started doing more work with the Jordan brand. We started doing more work with, with Nike Inc at large. We started working with ESPN and major league baseball and like all these opportunities came up because people were like, yeah, I want that. I want that thing that you're doing that you're standing behind and, and this sort of way that you do it. Um, and you know, without, without even, you know, I mean a, a great deal of effort, but without a lot of convincing other people of like what I was up to and what I wanted to do is just, just doing it. And suddenly like the universe just coalescing to make it happen. And so, you know, what we're focused on really is, is, you know, it's, it's a pretty equal split of, of advertising and entertainment. Um, you know, we have quite a number of, um, TV shows and, and feature films that are, that are in the pipe, um, a couple things in production and a couple things, quite a few things in development at various stages, um, all sort of centered around either sports or culture, um, c- culture being adjacent to sports in a lot of way, a lot of, a lot of music driven hip hop things, fashion, things like that, but all sort of centrally circulating around, you know, basketball culture and, and sort of sports culture and the, the intersections of those genres. Um, that's, you know, that, that's really what we do. And it, it's, it, it is, it's our expertise. It's our focus. It's what we care about. It's what everybody on the team is very, very passionate. There's no, you know, non sort of sports fan or non, non fans of culture. That's the, that's part of the team because it's just who we are and how we operate and what we want to spend our, our, our waking hours doing. Um, so that's, you know, that's, that's what we do as a company. And, you know, on, on the advertising front, you know, it's, it's, we, we only, you know, we don't, we're not open for business for any brand. You know, we don't just do any kind of work. We're very, very specific on, we want to work, you know, with, with brands in the sports space and brands in the sports space that have a level of integrity and have, you know, a clear purpose for themselves and, you know, don't fuck around and they're not assholes and they're not, they're not trying to, you know, lie, cheat and steal people into just buying products or taking their money. Um, there is a purpose behind what they're doing. Um, there's a, there's obviously a passion for sport and it just sort of bleeds through, you know, everything they do and, and people that they surround themselves with and how they operate. That's really what we focus on very, very specifically, you know, even when we meet sort of new clients and things like that, our filter is very much like, are these people that, you know, that we like and that we want to work with and that we're aligned philosophically on, uh, that we're not going to be arguing with or you know, rolling our eyes at or, or, or going like, what the fuck? Or this is, this is a terrible process, but they're paying good money or it's good creative. It's for us, it's like, it's gotta be the holistic picture that ticks all those boxes or we just don't fuck with it. I, I couldn't agree with you more. Uh, you know, and some people will, sometimes people will take the money and I'm like, Nope, it's going to cost you more in the end. You know, the arguing, the fighting and the micromanaging. And it's like when people come to you, they come to you because they love your work and you're wanting trust right from the very get go of, we have your best interests in mind and we're going to take care of you and we're going to create for you. and We're going to do all these amazing things. And at the same time, we need to have that relationship with you. Like, we need you to, what is it you feel? What's the vibe? Like, like you know, are, you know, why are you doing what you're doing? Why do you love it so much? And I think if it's missing these, these key elements, it actually makes the work harder no matter how much money is paid. And I always think it ends up always costing you more in the end as well, too, you know? Um, and do you, do you, do brands that come to you, you know, this kind of goes along with the question of like, you know, brands that are making sure they're constantly connecting with their customers. Do brands that come to you, they know this is a top priority and they're constantly looking for innovative ways to do so where, um, you know, they want to push boundaries. Like they're like, you know what? Like we already do this, we already do X, but we want to take that further. We don't know why (laughs) the letter Y (laughs) and, uh, you know, so Dex, like, what do you think? Like, how do you, you know, 
strategically think the you know uh, another way we can elevate in the way we um you know we connect with our customers do you do you you know is that a big part of your process as well too or does or do brands recognize that they do they do and that is, that's a huge part of it i you know i i would say like you know 99 percent of what we do really starts with sort of audience data mm-hmm. uh, and audience analysis um that that's always a place even on entertainment projects so if i'm if i'm creating a a TV series, I, you know, it might start with an idea that's just, you know, it just, it hits me for whatever reason, whether it's based on an athlete or a sector of sports or an original kind of take on a story, whatever that is, it, you know, it, it starts as an idea. And then immediately the next, next step that I take is, is really digging into like, who, who is the audience? What do they really want? What do they care about? What, what, you know, what matters to them? You know, how, what is their sort of behavior pattern right now? And even if, you know, even if I go from, you know, a, a basketball story focused on a young basketball audience where the, where the demographic is very, very set and specific and, and then turn right around and do another something that's in that arena, I still dive back into the audience and look at them again so that like, you know, it's a, it's a, it's sort of a, you know, a weekly or ongoing thing that stays conscious of what's happening in the world and where the audience at. Cause especially today, things change on a dime, you know, like from week to week, the audience is in a completely different state. Um, and so like, for me, like I always stay really, really tapped into that and spend a lot of time on that. And really, I mean, I think there's just an art to like, yeah, there's, there's data and there's science and there's, information that that uh that can add up to things but i think really really sitting with it and being conscious of what's really going on and really listening to what people are saying and what they're doing and and tapping into that to to really get a sensibility for like this is really what people care about um not i think it's cool or you know i've read some posts here that kind of add up to something but really, really kind of getting into people's skin and, and their psychology and thinking about what people, what's really going to resonate with people. And then, and then immediately aligning that to what the brand and the product or, or whatever it is, the message is, is focused on is really what, what is the authentication point between those two things? Because it's really important to understand what the audience wants but you, you can't be a brand that just serves the audience um, when that's not really who you are, when you're just, you're just pandering to what you think people want, but really bridging the gap between this is what I know people want and will resonate with. And then this is what's most true about what I'm saying, whether it's a story that I created, you know, for entertainment purposes, or it's a message from a brand and a product, really bridging the gap between those two things that are, that are, again, goes back to this idea of alignment, finding the alignment between those two things. That's when things work. And, and, and that's when you do stuff that really resonates with people. I love, I love that. I, I, I agree. If you pander the people, you're done. In my opinion, if you pander the people, you're done. Because um, I feel that uh, it's, well, <laughs> a big part of it is what you already said with the alignment. But um, movements are created because we are elevating something together if i'm only going for i I, to me i always say build icons not trends like and in order to do that you have to have this long-term kind of a commitment to something bigger than yourself that is aligned just like you said line with you align with them and we're going to elevate this thing together and otherwise if we're pandering we're always on the next thing and I don't think that there's a very clear, um, I don't know, I think it's just very short game thinking. There's no clear message in that. It's sort of like, you know, yeah, I mean, you know, people might ride it out on every single trend that, like somebody might do. It's just not my bag. I don't know. It's just not my thing. It's sort of like, yeah, but like you're only good as that next thing. And I'd rather be as good as the thing that's like, you know, the 50 year narrative, you know. So I um, and and I think what I've noticed is that people love being a part of the journey from scratch, your day ones, all the way, even if you're a big brand, but a new movement all the way till however far it goes. 
they love being a part of that and being included in it in the process. Um, here's a good question for you, and it's something that I, so I I used to consult with big brands like Louis Vuitton, Moet Hennessy, which they clearly got their customers down always. Um, but then other brands, and I won't mention who they are, <laughs> they, uh, you know, also in the luxury space a little bit, and then not luxury. Um, they didn't always get the inclusivity part. Um, they were afraid of how they would look to their audience. And I'm like, you don't get it. Like, you can't look bad if you're being real. And it was very hard for them to let go. Do you ever see that with brands? Uh, um, do you ever see brands that they get it and they want to let go, but they're also, and they're relying on you in a way because they're they're scared a little bit like, listen, we want to show more of who we are and, and elevate what we're doing, but this is some scary shit. Help us work through that because we we want to connect even more. Like, I, I, do you get brands that are also you know they're being open, like they they recognize this importance. I guess it's kind of like the question I already asked, but it just you know what I'm saying like I, I just I've I found that it's hard for some of these people to be vulnerable, right? Vulnerability is not an easy thing for a lot of people. Um, it's becoming more of a normal thing because society is well. <laughs> A lot of good people are making it more normal. Um, are you finding people are, are are getting brands are getting more in touch with their in touch with their vulnerability? Yeah, I mean, so first off, I'd say that you know, I I think my experience has been every brand I've ever worked with has had an element of that. Perfect. Like we wanted, we wanted, we want to do this, but we're scared of who we might alienate. Right. That conversation mm -hmm. has. I, I've, I, I've always had that conversation. Yeah, everybody can't go with you. You know, <laughs> yeah. right? Um, yeah, hundred percent. I think like what that conversation was harder, you know, six months ago, or you know, or any time before that. It was, mm. it was, I, you know, I felt like I was pushing an uphill battle to say, hey, we've got to be more inclusive. We've got to, you know, we've we've got to include more women. We have to include more people of color. We've got to stand up for shit that's right and actually stand against things that are wrong. It was a much harder conversation six months ago. Now, no one really has that luxury to ignore this. No conversations off the table. Yeah, and 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 the I mean the world the world is just going no. Like we want you to be real with us. We want you to be honest with us. We want yep. you to be transparent. You know, we and you know, do I think everyone's doing that? No, absolutely not. Uh, you know, I think a lot of people are you know making public statements and getting behind ideas because they think the audience wants them to, not because they actually do. Yes. If you look at their track record and the things they've done and the way they've operated, it's like, yeah, they weren't saying that shit six months ago. Right. And they, they haven't acted that way ever. Um, it's, but, never been, it's never been clearer, too. You can see the distinct differences now more than ever. I almost feel bad. It's like watching a train wreck. You're like... Yeah, y'all can see that, right? Like, you know, it's like looking at then and then looking at the audience watching. I'm like, you, you all can see this, right, <laughs> for what it really is. But you, yeah, you're right. But you know, but then on the on the you know sort of more positive side, like they're you know, yeah. I mean, I, I'm 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 blessed to be to be part of some initiatives right now that are like just going full bore on standing up for what's right and getting and and allowing the brand to use its platform and and leverage its audience and its, and its weight really and influence to do the right thing. Um, you know, and, and I can't go too far into it, but Jordan brand is kind of the prime example of that. They're where they're putting their money where their mouth is and the energy that, you know, me and my team and, and that entire organization is putting into doing the right thing, truly doing the right thing because everybody's really believes in it and is behind it. And it's not about, we think the audience wants it from us. It's like, we're just going to do this. And if people aren't on board, fuck it. Um, so it's, you know, I, yeah, a lot of kudos to them because they're, they're doing all the right things and their hearts are in the right places. Um, you know, and, and there's other brands that are, that are, that are putting the effort in as well. Um, those guys just stand out because we've just been neck deep and doing all this work and, and they're, they're going all in and being really bold with it, which is pretty awesome. You you can uh, you know I've been able to tell with the brands over the last couple of years you can see you can see when they get a taste of it and then they they do it more and more and more and more expanding expressing themselves I always think that brands are also like individuals in a lot of ways it's like the evolution of who they are and who they're becoming and who and, and in a lot of ways who they've always been but like what they're learning and as they grow and then expressing themselves even more than ever and 
Um, so I'm excited to see what you guys all, all do there. And, um, uh, and you're absolutely right. Like from a positive note, I think it's an amazing time we're living in. I, I get it is scary as heck for a lot of people right now. Transformation always has been. And I always try to kind of remind people like it's never really pretty when we start dealing with everything and we have to, you know, start working together on stuff. Um, and luckily we're in a time where it's all inclusive. We all have to work on it together. I'm like, usually transformation happens in very isolated individuals like on their own. Now we're all having to do it more than ever and have the kind of conversations that really lead to such amazing cultural shifts and change. And the 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 impact of that on how we consume and what we do and where we go and i think it's just massively has a massive upside and and um and the people are listening differently their their ears are open differently and so as are their eyes and and they're they're challenging a lot of things that were the past to now be like all right like i want to hear different so i think the the upside now more than ever is amazing opportunity uh for for brands especially you know with with you know storytelling and impacting culture and um and to your point like with the jordan brand having you know pushing those those limits of like oh by the way real quick to back up when i said earlier like um everybody can't go with you sort of like when you when you you know when you remove the mask and you're like fuck it everybody's you know not everybody you know those who started won't won't always make it you know for the long haul with us right um sometimes we lose people along the way who aren't yet ready for that change but um we gain millions more who have been waiting for our mass or our, our, our voice to, to expand. And I always think that the, I think it's cool that you share that because I think it's so important that people understand, like you may lose a few that got very comfortable with just right here, but you're going to gain millions more who have been waiting for all that you really are, you know, set out to do. And, uh, yeah. go ahead. Yeah, I mean, it's it it's there's a, there's a lot there, but I think like one of one of the biggest points that shows up for me is just this idea that like you're right. It's it's what we what what a lot of us sort of delusion ourselves with in a, in a lot of ways is this idea of comfort, right? Like I feel comfortable if X, Y, and Z is in place, right? Like either I have a certain amount of money in the bank, or I have a job, or I think that the world is in a you know solid state or the economy is or you know or I have you know if I'm a brand I you know we're doing a certain number of of, of dollars and you know we have you know we're, we're, our performance is x and all you you put those things in place as validations of everything's okay or I'm comfortable or this is success or whatever however you it is you want to define it but the truth is, is that like nine times out of 10, it's all a fucking illusion anyway. Yes. You know, like it, you know, you, you feel good about yourself because you have a job. And then, so, so your perception of the world is everything is equal, equilibrium and everything's going right with the world. But like the next day you get fired and then that's out the window. So if you're, if your whole, you know, reality is structured based on one of those types of ideals it's always on shaky ground. So it's, it's the same thing with brands. Like, you know, you, if you're doing really well or whatever, but you have all these customers that like, you know, they're, they're not really aligned with you. They're, you know, they're, they're following the trend or they're, you know, they're in it for sort of the wrong reasons or whatever. Like those people are always going to sort of come and go. But like, yes, when you really get clear and you're, you're speaking boldly and, and authentically you again you create this alignment with people that lasts a lifetime like they don't they're not going anywhere they're not they're not buying it this month and then jumping on another brand the next month if they're like man i'm so spiritually and philosophically aligned with what this stands for they're never going to go anywhere else and that like that's the trade-off is like when you're when you just really own who you are and go full in on it like every the, the right people get on board with it and it's it's real and it's forever oh man i i'm gonna turn that last little snippet into a ringtone and just play it over and over again for people to, to you know first of all we can go on a tear on that and i agree you know there are a lot of people who been kind of relying on a system that wasn't working for all but was working for them 
without necessarily, um, you know, and from the trends to like how and they're relying on other things to work for them without that longevity of, of what you're talking about. So I, <laughs> that's probably, we'll, we'll do round two of a podcast episode on that, on that one alone. But, um, yeah, yeah. and, and I, you know, I, I think that, um, authenticity will always win the long game. It will just always win the long game. And I think I, I'm hopeful now that I think that people are waking up. Customers are also waking up uh, again, kind of to what we were talking about previously in this idea of how I was living before is and how I'm going to live now. And, um, and then brands are waking up to, or not brands are waking up to, but brands are expanding on. I'm having more customers wake up. So, we need to do this together and we need to, um, you know, build together in a whole new, a new facet, you know, even more than we ever did before. And then there's your company, right? The intersection of that, <laughs> basically, you know, what, um, what are some of the, uh, well, uh, so you got, you've got, uh, Jordan, uh, brand doing some really cool things. What other things do you have, you guys have coming up, um, that you're allowed to talk about? Yeah, yeah. So I, I, uh, I can't give all the details, but I, I'm, I'm in the late stages of production and um, about about to be finished on a docu series um, that uh, that follows a, a young NBA star superstar, um, and it's a very intimate, visceral, personal kind of coming of age story about a young man. Um, and you know, we started at the beginning of the season and and uh i followed it through to the end and you know of course the 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 world turned upside down um amidst our story and that's now part of the story um but it's a uh, i you know i can't share who it's about um because it's a, you know we're we're kind of out to the market and um and figuring out the details and haven't really fully announced it yet but uh i'm very 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 excited about that it's taken up a great deal of my of my time and Again, I've been shooting it since last October, um, and all through COVID and, and everything else that's gone on. But uh, it's um, really excited about that because it's it's become it's not just sort of a basketball story or or you know an underdog or, or you know rags to riches. It's it is those things as well. But it's really a powerful example um, of you know the story of a young black man. Um, who really comes into his own voice and is a model of integrity and humility and yet drive and success w with equal amounts. And he kind of, you know, it kind of turns out to be sort of, it's a reflection of what I think tomorrow's superstar athlete mm. can be, which is very different than yesterday's superstar yes. athlete. I can, very I can uh, expand on that. I, I I already have a feeling where you're going to go with it, but I want my audience there. Like, what do you think about where tomorrow's, you know, uh, ath athlete star star athlete is 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 going to be compared to kind of what we've already been used to? Yeah, you know, I I, I think there there's just there's a general level of consciousness yes, and and humility. Yes, um, and you know, it's far less ego than it used to be. Mm -hmm. It's not you know me 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 me. You you're you're seeing a lot of these young badasses that are like immediately want to shine the spotlight on their teammates and their team. And it's all about, you know, teamwork and what we can do together. And, and even like what I can give back, you know, what I can give back to the community, what I can give back to youth, how I can inspire people, how I can, you know, immediately use my platform to push for change. Like all these things that, you know, we've seen veterans in some cases get to, you know, with maturity and time and, you know, 15 years of a career and all, and, and all that, we're seeing that with these guys like year one in the league. And that is really refreshing and inspiring and empowering. And I think it's an amazing sign for, you know, where, what the next generation um, of, of civilization looks like, you know, flat out on a, on a bigger picture scale, but sports being such an important and critical cultural genre. I mean, it, it's become the, the, the biggest cultural genre there is. Like it's bigger than music, it's bigger than fashion, it's bigger than anything else. Like sports, you know, it is the ultimate influence right now in society. And so to, to, to look at young athletes coming right in and doing all the right things and giving back 
and, and being a role model and not making all these mistakes and, you know, blowing through cash and doing a bunch of stupid shit because that's what you do when you're young and you get a bunch of money. That's just not like, it's not actually happening in the same, in, in, at the same level because these young guys are coming in with just a great deal more consciousness and humility. And it's really inspiring. Uh, I, it's exactly where I was hoping you would take it. And uh, I won't go to the, the spiritual side of me. As much as I love business, I love spirituality. There's a whole other thing about those that are being born today and coming in and their level of their soul is on a whole other level. That's, a, again, another conversation for another time. But, but I love that what you said about a higher consciousness and humility. I think humility is a superpower. I think it, it, it absolutely keeps you in your heart, keeps you honest, and keeps you, you know, moving in a, in a solid foundational direction. Um, and so I'm, I'm, I'm excited that you said that. And I am noticing that even, you know, listen, I know a lot of people give younger generations a, a tough time and then social media. And I'm like, well, which social media channel are you watching? Because I'm also seeing a lot on social media where they say, hey, listen, guys, like, something to think about. You don't have to go get the cars. Like, here's how, what I'm doing right now. I'm, I'm, I'm learning what to do with this money and how to contribute here and in community and how to save here. And you don't need to like, you're getting a few and a few more and a few more and a few more that are constantly speaking that, um, I'm seeing it in hip hop and I'm seeing it in, um, sports. And I think that's so cool because even if it's just a couple of them over the majority, they still have heavy influence and it's reshaping the, the minds of, impressionable people to, th to just think different to have more critical thinking about you know what okay like so they're making great money but they're also representing in a way that's like but how am i behaving in society and what am i doing with it and how am i having what does impact really look like and and how do we not make the mistakes of you know our the, the people that have come before us which has also kind of caused a little bit of what the world's going through in the first place, you know? So, uh, I'm so glad that you brought that up. I definitely think it's a much more higher conscious, um, level of play. And you're right. The humility is, um, is definitely there. Um, what, uh, what, where, where can everybody find out about you? Like if they want to get in touch or like what, you know, social media channels, things like that, how can they be you know more connected to you? Yeah, so my IG is just Dexton Debris, my full name. Um, and then uh, Falcons is Falcon Falcon Content. Uh, and then our website's falconcontent.com. It's, it's amazing, man. Where, like, what are, you, what are you most excited about going to 2021? I'm just throwing out a random question at this point. <laughs> you know, it's, uh, I mean, I know we got a few months left and of a very interesting year, but it's still a very growth year. What are you most excited about going into 2021? You know, I think well, two, two things I'll mention. One is that I think just in general, from a general standpoint, I feel like, you know, I, I've personally been pushing to tell the kind of stories that the world is now demanding. Um, I've been pushing brands. I've been pushing, you know, enter entertainment studios and financiers and, and, and across the board stories that tie in, you know, sports, life, purpose, things that matter, maybe even on in, injustices in the past that have been overcome or, 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 or should have been overcome, reflecting a light on that. I feel like I've been beating that drum for many, many years. And, and I had the audience on the other side of listening to that we're much more resistant, much more to the point you're making it earlier fearful of what it might mean for them, how their audience would react. And I feel like now the world is demanding that. So it's, you know, now the audience on the other side of hearing me talk about a, a story that I want to tell is like, yeah, we need to tell that story that, that the world needs to hear that story. And that it's finally like, Oh, thank God. Like, now now they're receptive to it you know same idea i had you know two years ago or a year ago but the audience just wasn't as receptive to it so i'm really excited about that like that's i feel like the world is finally course correcting in a lot of ways and a lot of ways it's not There's a lot of work to be done but it, it is in a lot of ways very open to change very open to learning people on a, on a mass scale are way more open to 
self-analysis uh, at a level that they never were before. They, with a combination of COVID and Black Lives Matter, at the same time, that one-two punch has really woke a lot of people to fuck up, um, which I think is fantastic. Um, so that I'm, I'm most excited about that. And then there's a, there's a specific project that I'm working on, which I also can't go into great deal details on, but uh, producing partners are Carmelo Anthony, and Serena Williams, um, Serena has been somebody that I've wanted to work with for a really long time. Whole slew of other athletes are committed um, to be in the show. Um, Make Ready Studios, uh, which is a, a, a group um, that, I, that I've been really keen to work with for a long time. They've won a bunch of Oscars and done really amazing stuff. Brad Weston is uh, the principal over there. Um, their partners, uh, Nike Entertainment is a partner on it. Um, that show is pretty profound and tells some stories that we've never heard before. Mm. Uh, and, and those stories really kind of helped shape modern sports and society. And yet they're, you know, they're sort of, it's based on a series of heroes that have never been celebrated. And in fact, in a lot of ways have been buried on purpose. Um, so I'm really, really passionate about that coming to life. It's uh, it's been in development for quite a while. And that prime example of, you know, I came up with the idea about a year and a half ago and it was a really hard conversation for most people are like, man, well, what, like, why do we, why do we need that right now? And that's too, too social, it's too racial, it's too this. And now it's like, Oh, I, that's exactly the story we need to tell right now. So I'm very, 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 very passionate about that and excited about getting that off the ground. And interesting how those two are very intertwined. Um, new media, and new companies merging to create new media through their own distribution and their own channels to actually have the conversations that do matter so they don't have to be censored by, you know, any one outlet and instead start having the conversations that are, are most needed, you know, un unfiltered in a lot of ways. And I, I completely related to you on the, um, and I was talking to a mentor earlier this year and um, she said something very interesting. She's, you know, similar to kind of what you're saying. She's like, you've been having the conversation for eight years, nine, 10 years. She's like, we're moving into, and this is actually pre-COVID, so it was actually very interesting, but she said, uh, we're moving into a very unique new time that starts next year, but this year is going to be a huge unraveling. Um, and, um, and she said, but like, we're moving into a very unique new time um, that, you know, the stories that were being, that you've been trying to tell or that trying to, the conversations trying to head, yes, you definitely had some good listening, but where we're heading, it's going to be in critical mass. And it's to your exact point of, of what you're doing and what, what feels right now. Now there's just openness because everything's been kind of just the band-aids have all been removed and people are, are, are now demanding it. And so you, you can imagine, I think it's, it's amazing that you, you again, you know, preparation meets opportunity. You've been having these for a while. And then now on the, on the flip side, this beautiful responsibility that's also in your hands um, from working with these amazing people and brands to also tell what had been previously filtered down now, not them, but just in general from you know, the way things were done now to a more like unfiltered, hey, you know, realistic, a real reality, a new reality. I don't even know what to call reality anymore because it's whatever we make it anyways. But uh, so I, I think it's I think it's incredible what you're doing. And um, what a responsibility, an amazing opportunity on your part, which you were long prepared for way before it even happened. So um, I appreciate you being on the show, man. Uh, and, and I always tell every guest too, you know, it's a journey driven podcast. You're welcome back on anytime you want to come back on. That's awesome, man. Well, it's, it's been a real pleasure. And, uh, yeah, I, I, I feel like you and I could chop it up, uh, all day long. So I'm, I'm definitely down to do it again. Let's do it. Yeah. Yeah. And, and stay tuned here just for a second. As soon as we get off, uh, uh, um, from recording, we'll, we'll talk here in a minute, but I, um, uh, yeah, I absolutely really appreciate everything that you're doing. And then and everybody that's listening, Dexton Debery, you could check him out on Instagram, D-E-X-T-O-N-D-E-B-O-R-E-E. -E -E. uh, and then also um, it's uh, falconcontent.com and then falcon, F-A-L-K-O-N, content.com and then F-A-L-K-O-N content on Instagram. Um, my audience, by the way, uh, Dex is very, very loyal. <laughs> They're very, very loyal. So I always tell them, like, listen, like, just, you know, 
uh, approach them, her, you know, they're very busy people, just, you know, always keep it very real, you know, interact with their content, support them in any way, uh, shape or form. And so if you start seeing them pop up on your wall or in your DM or anything like that, you know, uh, but they're always really kind, uh, you know, it's a, it's a global tribe and they're, and they're content creators and they're creators at large in a variety of industries. So um, I know they'll continue to appreciate your work um and i'm happy to support your work in any way shape or form and, and continue to like just drive awareness to it because i think it's a i think it's vastly important uh what you're doing and um and i love what you stand for man it, it means a lot so you know thanks again for being on the show yeah likewise man i appreciate everything you said and uh really right back at you so thanks for thanks for having me absolutely absolutely uh sit tight hey everybody listening um again go check out dex and Debury, uh on insta and you'll get access to his other um, his other channels and his website and all that. Uh, and just wanted to say to all of you guys, I'm really grateful. I'm very, very, very extremely grateful for all of you out there. Um, you guys always send in input and feedback and you rate and you review and you know, all that stuff that Apple and other pl platforms and Spotify and everybody in iHeart all care about. And so it means a lot. Um, and you know, um, I, I'm appreciative of every single download, whether it's one download or a million downloads, it means a lot. And I just want to thank you guys all for constantly listening. And, you know, we're at year four and a half or whatever it is and five of the podcast. And I'm grateful. So um, all this is possible because you guys keep tuning in. Uh, and no matter how long the episodes get, you guys just keep listening. So I'm also really grateful for that. Uh, you know, for my, for my amazing guests, Dex, Debrie, and for myself, Matt Gossman, for Hustle Sold Separately, we are out.